everyone. Welcome back to Pros and Content. I'm excited for this episode. It is a wrap-up episode, and I am joined by my partner in crime here at Notch, Phoebe Noche. Hi, Phoebe. Hi, Ellen. It's nice to have you here. I'm really excited to grab some of our kind of behind-the-scenes conversations on tape because you and I talk about podcasts a lot. You are someone here at Notch who's helping me with messaging and framing all of this and understanding all the great things that these people are saying. We have some great quotes pulled from this particular season. I would love if you share just a little bit about your work here at Notch. What do you do? Sure. I am leading our content marketing, but that's also anything from like, I dabble in the product marketing side of things and sales enablement and all sorts of things like that. So when Ellen says that I help with the podcast, we definitely have many, many conversations about that. And I just think that our work at Notch, it all bleeds into each other, but it's a good collaboration. I think so too. And I think part of what has made our conversations great is that these guests have been incredible. We've had 11 episodes in this season. It's been framed around this idea that you have a journey for your audience, but that also kind of as a marketer puts you on this journey of trying to figure out what's working. So a lot of mature marketers know that there's data there to work with. We've worked with proxies a lot of the time, but there's still this missing middle that doesn't always allow us to tie what we're doing to the revenue outcomes. But a lot of our guests have figured out ways to do that. So the first thing is just kind of setting the stage that measuring this stuff is hard. How is it that you feel like marketing has either matured across the last few years with data and just kind of... I think this is a bit of commiseration. You and I are sitting in this every day. I think a lot of our listeners do the same. So... There you go. I've teed you up perfectly, I think. Perfectly. And it's just such a complex topic. I think there's a lot of reasons why people aren't able to measure the things that they want to. I think some people definitely stick their heads in the sand because they don't want to be measured, which is not the right thing, guys. A data is your friend. But honestly, I think part of it is just we just sometimes lack the tools to get to the data that we really want. And so I think that's why a lot of us are stuck with first and last such attribution literally optimizing just based on those two data points because that's all we have. Or I think that's why a lot of marketers are unfortunately measured on things like lead volume or clicks or, you know, other engagement type of metrics because that's what they have. And that's sometimes what their bosses, the leadership understands because, I mean, that's what we've had historically. But I think things are changing because, I mean, one of the reasons why I joined Notch was... So I could get more data and use our software and basically understand our the actual customer journey so much better. And so I think things are changing in the industry. Even if you don't have the data, I think people are starting to really want it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it has to change. It has to shift. The more and more hanging out on LinkedIn and seeing our fellow marketers talk about being tasked with tying their efforts, not just to the MQLs and the SQLs even, which I think that's a relatively recent phenomenon that you're not just bringing in many, many, many MQLs and making sure they go into SQLs, but tracking it even further down the funnel. Was that an SQL that turned into revenue? Or sometimes if it's a really good program, was that a lead that ultimately turned into a really valuable customer? So there's a lot of that handoff that has to happen now that teams are being tasked with being really good partners with revenue 
and with customer success teams, like actually tracking it that far. So I have this great quote teed up from Ashley Emery. She's SVP of Demand Gen at Jobvite, which I feel like really captures just this whole idea that we've been talking about, about you have to be driven by data. So let me play this real fast and then we'll kind of chat about it. I love data. I am a data nerd when it comes to marketing. I feel very strongly that you cannot optimize, you cannot build cohesive strategy against things you cannot measure. So I think it is just imperative to marketing to be able to really understand the details at every level of what the performance marketing is. So really, you know, looking at the primary KPIs, but then lifting up the hood and getting really deep and understanding both the qualitative and quantitative data that tells the story for the performance all the way through top of funnel awareness down through conversion to customer and full life cycle. So data is something that I am really passionate about. So this is a very great topic for me. So again, that was just something I thought that really set the stage for what we're talking about. There is more data to be had. And I think you have to work really hard. And that's something that it's been difficult to do as a marketer. So how is it that we are tying our work at Notch to some business outcomes? You are the person who I lean on for that. I know it's not always easy, but I wanted to just kind of dig in and understand a little bit about that. Just really quickly, I would say. Well, I mean, I think part of it is having the right measurement framework, which... If you don't have one, there's a great article, shameless plug about it on our blog. But I mean, it really is having the right measurement framework. And I think a lot of people just jump into content strategies or, I mean, honestly, just marketing strategies in general without thinking through those things. They often start at the bottom with the tactics or the metrics, really, and then go backwards to the tactics and so forth. Instead of starting from the business outcomes, deciding what are the things that marketing or content can really ladder up to or make an impact on, and then going down from there. So to me, it's that I think that a lot of people haven't really done their due diligence there. For us, I think we do sometimes kind of get in the weeds ourselves at Notch. And we, I mean, Ellen and I are, we both think about strategy and we execute. And so sometimes I think we get a little bit in the weeds with the execution. And we just have to take a step back and say, is this laddering up to business outcomes? And ultimately, are the things that we're doing moving the needle there? So I think we get lost in our own thoughts. We can do. We have a lot of great quotes from this season too about tying your work to ROI. And I will just put a little teaser out there that that is what the next episode is going to focus on. We have some really good examples of people who have just taken that step and said, this is exactly what you just said, actually. It's like, we have a business outcome. And I want to just kind of underline that it's not a marketing outcome. And it's not even like your business unit's outcome, but it's frequently the entire organization has an outcome and you need a ladder up to that. It helps you speak the same language as all of your teams around you. And it just helps you really guide your decision-making sometimes down to your day-to-day activities. So teaser for that, we'll be back next week with some hard advice for what you should be doing. But the other thing that we talked about a lot this season was some proxy metrics. So as I mentioned at the top, this is something you and I feel a lot, is that the your marketing activity that happens in the middle of this acquisition journey is usually some of the hardest stuff to understand whether or not it's working. I mean, most people in their interviews hit on this in some form or fashion because it's been this way forever as, you know, for the last, I would say the like the last 10 years, there has been some attempts at marketing attribution software that is very much tied to human error. If I'm being honest, there just hasn't been a really solid solution that shows that full journey. 
So when we were talking to, I think some of the episodes I want to highlight here, we talked to Camille Trent. She's now at Peer Signal. We talked to Karina Owens from Gong. She does a lot of ABM work. We talked to our very own Matt Cross here at Notch. He's a former SDR turned growth marketer. And then Tara Robertson, who's over at Chili Piper running their podcast. So I wanted to call those out because they're all very much functioning in that kind of awareness consideration part of the funnel. It's all very middle and it's all very hard to track. So I'll link to those in the show notes, first of all, but I wanted to know a little bit about like, how do you think about the middle of this journey? Well, I think audience journeys in general are way more complex than we probably give them credit for. I think in the past, we were really thinking about them in a linear fashion, which I mean, literally, like you think about the funnel, it's like, awareness content, then maybe another piece of awareness content, then, oh, now they're in consideration phase. And then now they're, you know, at the bottom of the funnel, people don't work that way. And in fact, like in our own customer journeys, I've literally seen people go from top of funnel to like a product page back to like an awareness piece of content to another awareness piece of content. And then they converted off of an awareness, like piece of content. And so can't remember who said this, but like journeys are literally like a plate of spaghetti. It's just... We haven't said that, but I was going to bring it up because just nerdily, that was one of our best performing email subject lines of the year is we said, no more spaghetti. And our audience is just like, yes, that's right. (laughs) Please God. The journeys are literally like the crazy plate of spaghetti, but then also you don't want to be throwing spaghetti at the wall. I don't know if that's what you meant with your email subject line, but uh, that's what I thought of. I love that it was open to interpretation. Anyway, the middle of the journey is a bit like spaghetti, cooked spaghetti, I guess, because uncooked spaghetti actually is a straight line. Just saying. True. (laughs) But also, I think the way that we traditionally measure things is either, for example, if you're doing like performance marketing, a lot of times you're just looking at from that particular channel until the point of conversion. That particular channel could have been in the middle of the journey and not the initial referral source, for example. And so you may not know that without looking literally at the full scope of the journey. And so I think it's really been like a data limitation or like that's been the roadblock to understanding what's actually driving people to take action, eventually move down the funnel and then convert. Yeah. And marketers for a long time have been using proxy metrics to fill that gap. You just had a really great LinkedIn post today about asking for the data that you need instead of as we've been talking about, if we're being tied to revenue outcomes, but our data doesn't support those outcomes, that's not fair, which I think is just the way we've been operating for a long time. I do think a lot of the tech is starting to catch up. I think attribution data has come a long way. There's a talking point, I should say, on LinkedIn especially, but I think just as marketers try to figure out the right way to address attribution, There's a couple schools of thought, right? There's one that says you should tie everything to data, which I think is where you're saying the data might not exist. The other school of thought is that there should be self-reported attribution. So if you have a form, if you have listening to your sales calls, whatever that might be of saying like, how did you come to us today? Just like having people be self-reported. So what are you thinking about when it comes to that piece of the data? I think first of all, there's no bad data, but I think using individual pieces without layering other pieces of data can lead you down the wrong path. So like, for example, self-report attribution is great. We use it like in our forms, we say, how'd you hear about Notch? It's an important data point, but 
the fact is like you're relying on that person's memory to put down the right thing. They may only be thinking back to what re-engaged them, for example, as a prospect versus what actually got them into your ecosphere in the first place. There is some fallibility there. And so I think really the right move is to consider all your data points have both qualitative and quantitative data. And so that's why we do like reading those. And then we also sort of match it up and see how that may correlate to the quantitative data that we're seeing from our software or even, you know, our CRM. Something that you said reminded me too, that the way that they referred to you for that particular form fill out where they're telling you self-reported attribution, where did they hear about you? might not actually be the full story, especially for something that has a really long consideration like in a lot of B2B or a lot of SaaS too. If you're not capturing all of those times where, you know, like seven months ago, they came and they like hung out on your site, it didn't do anything. And then now they're coming back and it looks like it's being reported from a social paid ad. If what you're reporting on is only that first, the referral of this paid social, it's not giving credit to anything because your Google session is a single session or... Your attribution is just like, well, that's the referral to that specific page today. So I think that's just really annoying, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough because we often only have like, unless that person just has the best memory ever, or you have literally all the right data infrastructure in place, there's just no way that you're going to know, no. And I think that's how it is with marketing in general. It's a little bit of a guessing game, but you try to make the best possible educated guess, right? That you can. And that's to me where all of these different data points come in. Yeah. And it's a lot about the journey. So like all of those different data points are telling you something. I like what you said, that there's no such thing as bad data. You're basically implying it has a lot more to do with how you're understanding it and then using it in the sense of your whole acquisition journey is a lot of what we focus on, at least. Doesn't mean the customer journey is not important to you. Just what we're talking about here. What do you do about being confident in the data? So what I just heard you say is there's no such thing as bad data. That's true. But you have a lot of stakeholders to convince that this particular data set that you're looking to to guide your decisions is the right one. We actually have this... There's this great quote from Avi that I'll play here where he's talking... I asked him pretty much point blank, what do you do if you need to get people to believe in the data? So here it is. In the B2B space, it's less transactional. We're selling complex IT products that have long sales cycles and typically multiple buyers. There could be someone that sits as a day-to-day user, a champion, an administrator. There could also be folks that sit in the management side all the way to the C-level. For us to be able to get to an 80% or higher confidence level, it's more about having small sets of data outputs as a way to be able to measure and learn from, and then be able to find repeatable motions that can help us scale and to be able to have more confidence in terms of how we're measuring outputs from these accounts that we're focusing our marketing strategies towards. So he talks a lot about the stakeholders. And I think we hit on this a little bit before, but being able to talk business outcomes and data that everybody understands is a big part of your job as a marketer. We use Notch a lot for this because Notch is showing us the exact customer journey that someone came in, doesn't matter how many sessions, doesn't matter how many times that they clicked around and saw a blog post after blog post. We could have 50 steps. We're going to see all of them. How is that helping you have these conversations with our superiors? 
Well, I think you really want to start originally before you even dive into the data or run any of your tests. You really want to start with hypotheses, right? You're already starting from some kind of data where you're saying, okay, well, this is the target market that we think we're best for. This is how we're differentiated. A lot of, you know, that brand work that you probably should, or if you haven't, (laughs) definitely do. And then based on that, what are our best guesses as to what's going to resonate with the audience? And so then at that point, that's when you put something out into the atmosphere. And then afterwards, you look at your data and you say, like, is our hypothesis correct? Or is this showing us something completely different? And then based on that, you're optimizing iterating. On some level, (laughs) it is a little bit, it feels a little bit common sense. But I think when you're actually doing it, you kind of forget, right? You like forget to take a step back and actually look at whether or not what you're doing is, is, is proving what you thought. I think in general, what I've experienced, not just here at Notch, but leadership does like proof. They like numbers. It's just a little bit more evidence to back up whatever you're trying to do or trying to say. And so literally just for example, we kind of took a stab at some more generic use cases. We did industry-based use cases here at Notch based on a couple of industries that we felt would be strong users of our product, or maybe we had a decent amount of clients in, in those industries and would be happy to get more, obviously. And so we took a stab at putting those use cases out there. And what we saw with the data was that people were actually indeed converting either based on those use cases or those use cases were in a lot of the journeys that did convert somewhere in the middle. And so then the next decision is, or the next decision could be, do we do more of them? Should we put money behind them? And I think a lot of it ends up being like a budget or spend or resource allocation sort of question. And in this situation, we could actually say, hey, there are some indicators that this is actually leading to conversions, double down on this. And so I think also, and I think it was our own David Brown that said this, either I can't remember it was a workshop or maybe it was in one of his articles, but he suggested that in order to make your case to the powers that be where you can to use the same metrics or the same language where you're able to, where it makes sense, obviously, because then when people are comparing apples to apples and they're looking at where to cut in the budget or whether or not something's working, it's a much closer comparison when you're talking about the same sort of like sets of data or the same language. So that could be another way to do that. I like that. And you have inadvertently led us into the quote that I wanted to end on. So bookending this particular episode with Ashley from Jobvite, because this last quote here talks a lot about exactly what you just said as far as bringing that data to the rest of the organization. So here it is. And without the data, it just becomes a more challenging conversation because it feels more of a matter of opinion and people have different perceptions. If you're talking to the CEO, he might feel the company is one way. If you talk to the sales leader, he might feel very differently. So level setting everybody on the same plane through data helps just have a really strong conversation because again, it's kind of irrefutable on saying, hey, here's just the reality of where we're at and here's my plan to fix where we're at and let the data kind of tell that story. I think what she says about here's my plan to fix where we're at. And I have felt that 
a lot of times it's not that leadership wants you to prove something that you may not have proven yet. They just want to see you thinking through it rationally and creating like a real plan to get there. And that's, I think when you were touching on the LinkedIn post I made today about asking for data, if you don't have it, to ask for ways to get it. I think that kind of plays into that too. Well, I think part of it is the word rational that you used. And this is, I think, summing up this entire like gut feel that marketers have had for a long time is that we've had to base a lot of our decisions, like programmatic decisions based on our hopes and dreams to a certain extent that what we're doing is working, that we kind of have some leading indicators that we have little kind of shimmer of success poking through, but we've never had the data. And what Ashley said, and what I just heard you say is that this data lends that rational piece that every other piece of the organization has had in their decision-making for a long time. So like, it's a pretty straight line in revenue. You either did or did not make money off of that sale, right? Whereas marketing, especially this early stages of marketing to your customers or your future customers, I should say, has just been this kind of like black hole where you send content into it. You have some really high level metrics. You've got some engagement metrics and you've never been able to really say, boom, that piece of content does drive to the demo. The people who've clicked from that piece of content to the demo, yes, they convert and they're a good customer. So just starting to really be able to connect all of those lines is what we're now able to do as marketers. We've got lots of data coming out of the woodwork. Notch is obviously a big piece of that. We work here, we love it, but it's also like the two of us, I think specifically work here because we saw the platform and we're just like, oh yes, give me this. So anyway, all of this is to say we're excited and we've had some great guests and I hope everybody goes back to listen to them. We just wanted to underline a few of these points and Phoebe, you're just the exact right person for the job and you are joining me next week again. So next week, we're going to talk specifically about how we can tie our efforts to ROI, show that ROI again in the words that the rest of the organization wants. So I'm very excited for that particular conversation. We will be joined by our other coworker, Maddie Kessel, who has a wonderful background in content and marketing and all the things like tying it together. So very much excited for that. Thanks for joining me this time and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Pros and Content. Don't forget to subscribe if you found this episode informative. This season, we're focused on how marketers prove their contribution to business growth at all stages of the funnel. Find more episodes wherever you're listening and learn more about uncovering your organization's true audience journey at notch.com. That's K-N-O-T-C-H dot com.